Hey friends, this is Rick Lee James. I am so glad that you are listening to this podcast today, and I want to ask a favor of you. You know, this podcast is free, and it's always going to be free, but we do have a lot of costs around here. Not only making podcasts, but making new music, paying for production costs, website fees, hosting fees, doing research, marketing, materials, and so much more. And you can help us with that if you visit patreon.com slash James, where for as little as a dollar a month or even a one-time donation, you can help me to continue doing the work that I'm doing. It would mean so much, and it takes such a very little amount of your time. So if you have a chance, go to patreon.com slash James and thank you in advance for any help that you can give. Welcome to Voices in My Head, the official podcast of me, Rick Lee James. I'm a recording artist, a singer, a songwriter, an author, a worship leader, and an ordained minister in the Church of the Nazarene. The Voices in My Head podcast is where I discuss music, movies, books, pop culture, theology, and more with friends, colleagues, and sometimes just by myself. Now make sure to let me know what you think of today's episode by leaving me a review on iTunes or by tweeting at me at Rick Lee James on Twitter. And please join my mailing list at rickleejames.com where you can receive an email every time a new episode is released. And by the way, in case you're interested in a daily dose of kindness and encouragement beyond this podcast, I also run the Twitter account at Mr. Rogers Say, where I post daily quotes from Fred Rogers, one of the voices in my head. Well, I guess that's it for the intro, so sit back, relax, and listen to the latest episode of Voices in My Head. Welcome back to Voices in My Head. As always, I'm your host, Rick Lee James, and I'm so glad that you could be here with us tonight for what I know is going to be a great conversation. The new documentary film, For Love of Neighbor, Politics for the Common Good, tells the stories of three individuals, Senator Tim Scott, Justin Gibney, and Sarah Imboden, who on different levels and in different distinct ways are seeking to engage faithfully in contemporary American politics. The film does not provide specific answers for how Christians should engage in politics, such as who they should vote for or what specific policies they should support. Instead, it explores foundational questions about the purpose and limits of politics and the proper Christian posture toward government and secular society. Ultimately, the film aims to spark further discussion and offer a hopeful vision for Christian participation in contemporary public life. Tyler Castle is the director of the American Enterprise Institute's Initiative on Faith and Public Life. He is also a producer of the film. Ryan Patch is a producer on the film, and he also directed it. And they have both stopped by Voices in My Head this evening for a conversation. Ryan and Tyler, welcome to Voices in My Head. Thanks for having us. Thank you. 
Well, it's so good to have both of you here, and uh, and we'll kind of have a, a back and forth. I'll I'll maybe ask Tyler a question, and then Ryan, and if either of you want to piggyback on the answer, that's fine. I know sometimes when I do more than one person, we we kind of stumble all over. So I'll make sure I direct my question uh, at each of you. Uh, but both of you, feel free to chime in tonight because we want to hear from you. Uh, you've made a, a a really great film, and I had a chance to watch it just a couple of nights ago and uh, I'm excited for the conversations that are going to be happening hopefully as a result of people viewing this and maybe thinking a little bit differently about their Christianity and their place in their political life and just as we begin at the outset I, I wanted to ask you both but I'm going to ask Tyler first and then we can we can hear from Ryan after this um, because in a similar way I, I know because I've been a music pastor for many years in a similar way to when I say a word like worship, automatically people, whether they should or shouldn't, start thinking, oh, that means the music part of the service, <laughs> instead of thinking, oh, no, worship is this much bigger thing that we don't always mm. think about. Well, mm. in a similar way, I think when we use the word politics in our society, we immediately jump to Republican, Democrat, partisan type relationship to part uh, to politics but i wonder if first tyler if you could define for us what your definition of politics is for the sake of this film and for the sake of conversations it's a great question um i think i think i first think of aristotle who who some of us have maybe read um who, who says way back in the day that man is a political being Sometimes it's translated as man is a social animal, social being. And I think at, at its core, you know, politics is about people who are social, figuring out how to live together. In our contemporary moment, it's, I think, often about people who have different worldviews, different perspectives about how society should look, hashing out how do we live together in this pluralistic uh, environment mm. without you know going to war with each other and one of the quotes in the film from Bill Wichterman is uh, politics is, is uh, war by more peaceful means mm. um, and so we're we're at the table with people we're necessarily living in community with them and politics is the pro process of figuring out how to do that well how to create a um, functioning hopefully just society where um, we, we have our place, but also those who we are necessarily uh, in, in community with, where they also have a place um, and can flourish. Fantastic. And, and Ryan, do you have anything you would add to that definition? And so as Tyler said, I think if, we're, if we are social beings who live um, not only with ourselves but in our, in our families, um, and then our families live in cities, um, you know, there's the one part that got cut from the documentary that was a bit too academic, but I, th I think I learned a lot from was um, Father Aquinas says, you know, uh, uh, you know, for every family um, is going to be, um, you know, have different people who want to do different things. If you're married, if you have children, um, not, you know, not uh, uh, those people may disagree about what the best course of action for a family may be from everything from you know, where we're going to live to how are we going to make money to where are we going to eat for dinner. Uh, but just because there's disagreements within that family doesn't mean that um, 
that that the family can't grow together and the good of the family cannot continue to increase just because um, uh, people uh, in within the family system disagree. I mean, that would be preposterous if if we said that just because a husband and wife disagree on on something or a or a, or a father and a son disagree on something, then you know the 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 uh, the family couldn't be you know gaining more good. And so I think if we look at if we look at that and say like, well, as a country or as a city or as a state, like we um, we you know we may have different ideas of exactly what the the good is but we can um start working towards something or we 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 can we can but that doesn't mean we can't work together um towards um having a greater good for all the the common good um as we say many times in the film and the the title of the film has in it um right and to and and if we were to say that, um, you know, in our family that like, oh, well, you know, things, you know, things never work out my way. I'm just going to stop like engaging in my family's decision-making hmm. process. Like, I mean, that sounds like a petulant 14-year-old and yeah, some 14-year-olds do that. But I mean, most people then come around to the fact and say like, oh, well, like my family is a, <laughs> a system, you know, that, that I need to be a part of. And so I think a lot of times when we get disenchanted with politics we say the same thing we say like oh well i'm not i'm not even going to be involved but whereas in fact um it's very important for us to be involved in that if i could just add one more thing that the film really focuses on is that because of this deeper more more neighbor oriented understanding of what politics is all about it really does focus our attention on our local context how can you get involved in local politics, maybe even running for office as one of the um, key people featured in the film does, but, but how could you attend a school board meeting? How could you, um, you know, get involved in, in whatever type of civic organization in your community that really is going to have uh, noticeable effects on you and your neighbors in that community? And those, you know, making the issues less abstract and more mm-hmm. concrete makes us much more likely to come to agreement about things and to actually have uh, a productive um, output in our political engagement. So, so that's one, you know, with that broader understanding of what politics is, that it's really social, it's about how do we live together. Um, one of the main kind of uh, takeaways from the film is that you should focus a little bit less probably on national debates, on you know, national elections even, and more on how can you make a difference in your local context. Very good. Well, and, and I do love that the film is so focused on loving our neighbor, which is such a, a core belief of, of what we believe as Christians. But we, it's so easy to lose sight of that, and it's so easy to lose sight of the local and what's really important. And the film it has a number of, of very sharp uh, Christian thinkers in the film. There's people such as, as Russell Moore and David French. I just two off the top of my head that I think of. Uh, but but it focuses in really on on the work of Tim Scott and Justin Gibney and Sarah M. Bowden. And I'd love to know why did you choose these three people specifically to really focus in on uh, as far as what they are doing in in the world, both locally and and on a broader level in politics. And what are they offering to this conversation? that you felt really made them unique uh, for telling this story. Ryan, you want to take that? Sure. Um, well, I think it's important that we point out that 
what we didn't want this film to be was a bunch of experts uh, telling you what you should do, um, and and mm. or even developing a flow chart like, you know, if this then that, you know, if this is the decision you're presented with, then make that decision because um, that's uh, not very effective and ultimately I don't think gives us life as people or as Christians. Um, and, and also that's kind of the easy way out. Um, and so something much more interesting is in is to see the way that people are engaging faithfully in their specific context with their specific um, gifts and skills um, and, uh, and, and seeing what that looks like very practically on the ground. And so we knew that we didn't want this film to be about a pundit, you know, like it'd be, it'd be, mm-hmm very easy but also very boring to to follow you know as much as we respect david french a lot you know to just kind of like follow david french around as he like writes and then like gets criticized on twitter and then like brushes it (laughs) off and keeps writing like that that uh you know and he you know and he just talks at you you know talks at you again we like his talking but uh but like it's much more interesting to see someone who's um uh, trying to live this in a day-to-day way. And so we wanted to see that on many different levels from, from the federal level, which we see in Tim Scott, uh, to mm-hmm. the very local level, which we see in Sarah. And then, and then also showing um, Justin, who um, is, is both trying to kind of make change uh, from the outside in, in that he, he is a political insider. And that's one of the things we love is that he actually knows how the sausage is made and is able to speak to how Christians mm-hmm. can be a part of the sausage making, literally, you know, uh, quite quite intimately. Um, but also, he is not a, a an elected official, and so he's um, you know very good at speaking about uh, you know the importance of something like a, a constituency is to um, to a political party or to a candidate, and uh, thinking about thinking through how Christians can. Uh, be a part of that. So we wanted to, to really represent um, a diverse group of people um, on all different levels, um, and and also people who maybe you didn't think looked like typical politicians. Um, and so, like hmm. when you think of a politician, you probably don't think of someone who looks like Sarah, you know, um, hmm. just this like mom. And and that's why we you know included all those scenes of her just living her life as a mom. Um, and showing that that uh, you know she cooks dinner, she puts on her her child socks, and you know coaches soccer, and she's um, you know engaged in her um, in her town through being a, a board a, a town board member. So that's that's why I picked those people. Um, there's all, honestly, if if you could if you could um, if I could have asked for like a dream fourth you know, fourth subject, we probably would have gone even more local and, and shown like, uh, you know, a, an individual college student who was just trying to kind of figure out uh, how they were going to, you know, have better conversations within their community or their family or something like that. So go really personal, not just, not just town level, not just family level, but, you know, personal level. But uh, the film is already, you know, 15 minutes longer than Tyler asked asked for me to make it. So uh, <laughs> we didn't get to get to that. <laughs> and oh, and just one other thing that I'll point out, too, is that we wanted to have an ideologically diverse set of, of people who are featured in the film, too. So, you know, Senator Scott is a Republican senator from South Carolina. Justin is a former Democratic political strategist from Atlanta, Georgia. 
Uh, Sarah is in local politics where it's just not as ideological, but she would probably um, say she's more politically progressive. Um, so, you know, these are three really distinct uh, manifestations of what faithful um, uh, political engagement looks like. And an important point that we want to make in the film is that, you know, Christians, um, Christians should agree on some things when it comes to politics, probably, um, some basic principles. But the vast majority of work in politics is prudential. It's we have to make pragmatic decisions based on our context. Um, and and there, there's rightly a lot of debate that needs to happen about which policies are actually going to promote things like justice and things like um, human flourishing. And having that uh, diversity of thought in the church is actually a good thing and not something that we should want to get rid of. And so these three subjects, you know, you're, you're probably going to watch the film and disagree with some of uh, what they say or some of what some of the work that they're doing. But we think they are, despite not agreeing on things, each faithfully engaged in their own ways. And I think it's an, I think, we, and, and, and something that Tyler said that we, I think re, we really want to underline is this idea of, um, of a competition of ideas and a marketplace of ideas and, and, and like, um, the, the importance of having, of talking to other people. So, you know, maybe your idea isn't good. And so <laughs> engaging with someone, so you have the ability to, to get a better idea. Cause you know, the, the, the things that we take for granted, like the idea that everyone should have a vote or that, you know, humans should have self-determination of who governs them. Like those, those are just like things that we, you know, things in the water that we swim that in the, in the water that we swim in right now. But at one point those weren't, you know, those weren't the, the, the ideas that were, uh, you know, the dominant I cultural ideas of the day. You know, there was a time when most people thought slavery was okay. And that's just what mm. people swam in. And so for us to start getting new ideas, we have to be willing to listen to ideas and advocate for ideas that, that might ruffle some feathers um, yeah. uh, or ruffle your feathers. You know, you have to be willing to, um, you know, hold your ideology light enough, lightly enough that um, you could actually be convinced of something uh, that that um, that you don't currently believe is actually um, a, a better way for our, our country or our state or your state or your city to, to move forward with. I think that's a really interesting mm. idea. Yeah, definitely. Uh, thank you both of you for those thoughts because I, I feel that's so important and and it leads into I, I want to get into kind of the segments of of the film just so the audience listening now who may not have seen the film can kind of know how the film is set up and uh, the different film segments they they start with uh, talking about politics why bother and then going local and then they talk about imperfect solutions and then they get into uh, parties and partisanship. And then faith in action, uh, searching for a savior, and then staying grounded is where the, the film concludes. And I, I, there's so much in all of those different segments that if we stopped and tried to talk about each one, we'd probably be here all night. So I thought what, what I would do this evening, and just in, in dialogue with both of you, 
is I I pulled a few quotes from the film, or, or at least their near quotes. I was I was writing as furiously as I could at different parts uh, to get as close as I could. Um, that just stood out to me that I thought were very good and very helpful. And I wondered if maybe. I could just read a few of those tonight and we could kind of interact about some of those things that are in the film together because I think they're good things for us to consider that maybe don't get considered uh, when we're thinking about what it means to live our life faithfully in the realm of politics. So if that's all right with you, we'll, we'll kind of do that in this next little segment here. Um, I was especially intrigued and, and really the whole documentary is around this idea of using politics as a way to love our neighbor. I don't I can't remember the last time that I've heard that articulated other than from Jesus, you know, because that really is um the the focus I think of the gospel is is everybody we come in contact with in whatever form it is, mm-hmm. they are our neighbors and uh it's it's one reason why without realizing it i think mr rogers has gained such popularity again in the last few years because there's this real (laughs) emphasis on loving neighbors and Mm. uh, and loving in that way so in the film uh it was actually i think it was david french and, and he said this he said fight for the rights of others as you would want rights for yourselves and I just found that to be fight for like, the rights of o- very... fight for the rights of others, which you would like to enjoy for yourself. Yes. Yes, that's that. Yeah, you you got it more correct than I've I. I've listened to it a few times, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I, so I wonder, just I mean, just let's just talk about that for for just a, a couple of minutes because I really feel like that's sort of the um, the crux of the film is is looking out for the rights of others. Is is that something that you are seeing? In the circles of Christians that you're in, each of you, um, because if I'm if I'm being perfectly honest, I don't see a lot of that in in my circle of people that I'm around as believers. I see a lot about, um, you know, unfortunately, I see a lot about things like my rights and what I want, and mm-hmm. I get this, but I don't always hear about what would be best. For my neighbors, and I'm kind of wondering: is is that what you're hearing around where you're at, or is it really a constant fight to kind of get the focus on that? Yeah, I think one of the reasons we created this film in general is because the way that Christians can, and in some instances have, engaged in politics is actually a huge detriment to our public witness because it comes across as a self-interested, fearful uh, grabbing for rights in our place mm-hmm. in society. Um, and, you know, if you, read, if you read the gospel, if you read Jesus's words, I think it's pretty hard to think seriously that that is what we're called to in this world. Now, on the, you know, so we, we use as a, a little bit of an intellectual key for this film you know, love your neighbor. So the, Jesus says um, that the second greatest commandment is to love our neighbors as ourselves. And when you think about that verse, it, you know, we, we, are, we are called to love ourselves. <laughs> That's a part of the verse. Mm-hmm. It's not wrong for us to, mm-hmm. you know, want food for our families, to want to be safe, uh, to want to enjoy certain rights and freedoms and to be able to, you know, for example, practice our faith. As, as we feel that we're called to. Those are, those are good things for us to pursue, but we are called to put our neighbors on the same plane, on the same level mm-hmm. as, as ourselves. 
and you might argue that you know even putting your neighbors um, before yourself and so i think that has real implications for our political engagement um it means that we we think about our own rights but on the same at, at the exact same time we have to be thinking about how we're impacting those around us and and whether they are enjoying those exact same rights and that's especially true for us in a democratic society we, we have a quote in the film from Dr. Russell Moore um, of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission, where, where he talks about in a democratic society, there's a sense in which we are all office holders. We, we have a role to play in what our political system looks like um, as people who are voting and, and supporting politicians who, who are putting those policies in place. And so he, he makes the point that in a democratic society as a citizen, you have to be just as concerned about um, whether you are persecuting others hmm. through your action or inaction in government as much as whether you're being persecuted. And I think that's such a huge point that you know we're we're here certainly to to uh, protect our rights, yes. Um, but at the exact same time, we have to be concerned about those around us um, and hold hold their well-being um, at being as being as important as our own. Yeah. Well, and because and and uh, again, one of the cut one of Russell Moore's cut um, bits, he goes on to say um, that if you're only interested in protecting your own rights, then you don't actually believe in freedom of religion. You believe in uh, the power of your religion and mm. the power of your religion over other religions. Mm. Um, and so. Uh, if if all you're caring about is your own ability to practice your religion, then um, then you're kind of missing the point of freedom. Um, now, uh, uh, David French, also in a cut section, um, went on to discuss how maybe kind of the the white Protestant establishment who have had kind of um, religious power and because of that power had the freedom to do a lot of what we wanted for a very long time. Uh, that feels like freedom. And so uh, maybe as kind of the um, uh, white Protestant power has decreased, it feels like persecution. But what we're actually feeling is something maybe a little closer to um, uh, the, the growing uh, actual freedom of uh, other religions in our, in our country. And instead of kind of crying persecution or or, or, or trying to, you know, desperately clawing at that power, uh, maybe we should be thinking, uh, because it literally is written into our constitution that there is that everyone should have equal freedom mm -hmm. of uh, religion. Uh, maybe we should think about uh, less about how to kind of get that power back. That that just because of um, uh, demographics uh, is receding, uh, think less about that and think more about well, how can we collaborate with the people um, who now actually do have uh, the, the freedom of religion that was promised to them from the beginning, but now they are kind of finally able to cash that check. Uh, how can we collaborate them so that we all, um, all have the freedom to uh, worship as, as we want and the freedom from persecution? And really then that, that leaves a, a, a great deal of space for us to then have a persuasive and winsome witness 
in the world um, to talk about the gospel. Because if, if we think that um, if we think that the gospel needs and, and Russell Moore, this is you know I'm just ripping ripping quotes <laughs> from the film. Um, but uh, 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 you know if we if we think that that we need state power to spread the gospel, then um, we're I think devaluing the the power of God and the power of Jesus, like um, the power of the gospel. Like the gospel is spread you know, ferociously all, all across time and space in places that it's mm-hmm. been persecuted. Um, and so um, it, it, we can back away from this idea, you know, slowly back away from this idea that some of us have been flirting with, that we need state power in order to, to, to spread the gospel. We agree that, that, you know, the state's power should be used in, in limited ways to make sure that, that it is an equal playing field um, and then we use, you know, the winsome and persuasive power of love and logic to to spread to to, to spread the gospel in a, in a similar way that um, Jesus and the apostles uh, did in the Bible. Sure, and and I remember Russell Moore saying something to the extent also about state power devolves gospel witness. Right, and uh, and that was a pretty powerful thought. I I've I've been thinking over the last couple of days as well. And these these are excellent thoughts that you're bringing tonight. Well, well, in a similar way to to loving our neighbor and through our political life. There are a couple of really powerful quotes in the film, and I, I believe it was Tim Scott. I'm uh, I'm trying to remember, but he I think it was him that said um, he says you must first look at the objectives of your team, see the other side not as enemies but as opponents, and the opposition mm-hmm. is not the enemy. And I, then I believe it was Justin Gibney who who also said it. It doesn't mean that you don't aggressively engage your opponents. But it means you don't hate them, and the only way you can do that is with a transcendent theology. And uh, I, I I find that fascinating too. If I wonder if it could ever be recaptured, if if it couldn't just start with Christians, it, it almost has to maybe. Um, but it seems so foreign now to think about the idea that these people are not the enemy, that that they are actually our fellow countrymen. And I really love the analogy that I think you said towards the beginning, Ryan, about thinking about a family who may have a disagreement over what they're going to have for dinner tonight, but that doesn't mean they're evil or necessarily wrong people, uh, that they're still part of the family. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like the idea that speaking of you know, maybe politics as a literal way to do as Jesus said to love our enemies if we have in fact um, started thinking of the other side as, as an enemy, so to speak. I'm wondering, are are you seeing any, especially as as you spent a couple of years making a film like this, it can feel very bleak as an outsider, as I'm looking at the news and listening to politicians talk all the time and seeing debates and things, but from from both of you who have worked closely with this, are you seeing any good glimpses of, of hope? that maybe we are seeing some of that actually happening uh, in places that we're not necessarily seeing in the the media, where people truly are sort of loving each other even though they're on opposite sides or on opposite teams, so to speak. Yeah, I can jump in. Um, Absolutely. I think if you... If you you spend time on Capitol Hill, if you hear the stories of representatives and senators who who are working together, I think the vast majority of people really 
you know, don't see the other side as absolutely evil, um, as inimical to the country. They see them as people who they disagree with, and they, they are open to working with them to find compromise on tangible issues and, and move the conversation forward. I think, I think we do have in our leadership uh, folks who have incentives to not um, highlight those types of relationships. And another thing that I'll mention is that um, w- one other thing that we cut out of the film. This is you're just getting the uh, behind the, the scenes special content features. Here. That's great. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. W- one of the other things that um, we were going to include in the film was a quote from Arthur Brooks, who um, was the former president of the American Enterprise Institute, where I work, and he's now a professor at the Harvard Kennedy School. He talked about the the media. Um, system and I, I think he's used the words in the past the outrage mm. industrial complex that the media has which which is basically that there are not very many incentives for the media to focus on the heartwarming uh, stories of people mm-hmm. you know doing bipartisan work uh, loving on each other you know not disagreeing with each other the stuff that makes good TV the stuff that makes good radio is unfortunately the people who are getting fired up and pushing narratives that um, we're really in kind of a good versus evil uh, uh, war here. And so I think that's in part the fault of the media influencers, um, but it, it's also honestly the, the fault of the consumers of media that they um, that there's a demand for that type of thing. So I think we, at the on the one hand, have to look at some of these organizations uh, and and influencers, and you know, really, really hope that they can be reformed. But also look at our own hearts and our own consumption and say, what do we want to hear? What's getting us fired up? What's what are the types mm-hmm. of stories that we want to listen to? Uh, are they the ones of um, people not hating each other, or are they the ones pushing a more apocalyptic narrative? And um, mm-hmm. I think that's a big piece of it. And I mean, all like, just just to put some flesh on this, like, I mean, I in I think we have to look at everything about this our current moment of politics in the way that you know G.K. Chesterton did when he was asked, uh, you know, by the um, by a newspaper in London, you know, to to write in with your answers about what is what is wrong with I forget if it was the world or the human race. I think it was the world. Um, and and G.K. Chesterton writes in and he says, "Dear sirs, I am." And that, that was his whole answer. And so and and if we don't if we can't look at this and say, "Oh, it's not someone else that's the problem; it's it's me that's the problem," um, then I think we're we're in big trouble. And so with this media consumption thing, as as Tyler said, like um, you know. Whether we're talking about uh, Fox News or MSNBC or your favorite, you know, Facebook, um, you know, dude in a dude in his garage with a microphone, or podcast, or you know, talk show, you know, or talk radio, or even comedy show, um, like um, which, like, do you, you know, when you're surfing YouTube and you you see like, you know, this person destroys a liberal or this person destroys the conservative argument or, you know, this, you know, this person totally owns X, Y, you know, and so we can all think mm. about it, but like, do you click on that? 
Um, or like if a friend, you know, if, 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 if a, do you like get a little bit of pleasure from seeing Ben Shapiro own the libs? Or do you get a little pleasure of like, from like watching John Oliver take down Mitch McConnell? Like if you, if you do, if there's like just that little bit of like schadenfreude where that happens when you see someone taking down the other side, then you're, you're part of the problem. And so, um, you know, Arthur Brooks went on to say, you know, he actually compared, um, he compared this ideology to um, an addiction, um, and he talked about kind of these media people, both media, you know, who have a, a, a financial interest in kind of getting you riled up because you come back for more, um, then also politicians who have a um, political interest in riling up because then you vote against their opponent. Um, and so if you kind of look at them as you know he calls them he called them the meth dealers of ideology that did that was that was cut from the film as well but he called them the meth dealers of ideology um from our country and he says and we're all addicted but whose whose job is it to throw off addictions like it's not the it's not the dealers it's the addicts and so we we have to um see these um see these desires in our hearts to um the tribal desires to like have our own viewpoint confirmed and our enemies taken down a notch. Um, we have to, you know, find the, 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 and you know, we, this is something that did make it in, but like the, the sinful desire in our hearts to like have someone who's going to make all things new. And maybe if, you know, and maybe I could just find that right person and elect them, like everything's going to be okay. Like we have to, we have to find, um, find those like, sinful desires and 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 uh work through them through in a in a very like in a very uh uh kind of boring maybe boring is the wrong word but like a very uh normal christian process of like seeing like seeing the issues our heart has and praying about them mm. and and reading scripture uh, about them and being held yeah. accountable by our community man yeah. you're, you're starting to convict me so i'm glad you stopped now because uh I'm, I'm, we might have to stop and go pray about this <laughs> no. okay yeah. well and it because it convicted it convicted me because like when i made this i'm like oh yeah. man like that's a that's a great dig on the other side oh that's gotta get that one in because that's a great dig on the other gotta get oh and then i was like oh no like what am i doing like i need to i this this i can't i can't make the film this way um, because I'm just I'm just perpetuating the same thing that I'm claiming to be working against. Well, and, and you know I want to congratulate you there in in talking about that too because you you really did do a good job of of I, I think not being that way and not trying to just like get in jabs and and get in points that would only view one side and um, I mean that's that's nearly a miracle when you're speaking <laughs> to political people almost exclusively in a in a movie like this. Um, but yeah, it really it really was so good, and there was such good food for thought for sure. And and uh, and and I have one more set of quotes to look at, which really is is right where you have have ended your last answer there, um, talking about the idea of we tend to look for this one person that's going to be a savior. And and I liked what Sarah Imboden said uh, in in the documentary. She said there's a tendency in public service to take on the Jesus role as if I'm going to redeem all of this as if this is all on me uh, and she says I think there's a thing where we as humans tend to look for a savior uh, and when one w once a savior appears uh, we're done you know <laughs> type thing and then there was there was something very similar to that and I believe the quote was a, 
Aquinas, is it Gilbo, I think is how you say the name, um, he said, said, we're looking for a savior. People often see the president as this figure, even though that isn't the case. To give that kind of reverence and devotion and worship to someone who is not the living God is idolatry. Mm -hmm. And I just thought that was so appropriate for us to hear right now uh, in time where um, I literally think people are replacing religion with politics right now. And I, and I do feel like that's, that's a very real uh, thing. I think we're even seeing it in some of the uh, imagery that's going on during the campaign season right now. And we've, we've seen a few times where certain candidates are compared to, you know, like the chosen one of God that has been, you know, put here mm -hmm. for this and that. Um, I, I was just so appreciative that you put those quotes in the film that reminds us that is not where our ultimate allegiance lies in these matters. And we're not talking about, as it says in the film, controlling our neighbor. We are talking about loving our neighbor. And, um, and it, it's just... That's a very good thing for us to keep in mind, I guess. And um, I, I wish I had a question at this point. I'm, I'm more commenting on just like, wow, this is a, a, these are good thoughts uh, for us to think about, especially right now. Uh, at this moment we're recording, we're I think just under two weeks from uh, an election of, of, of not just president but several things. But president gets focused on because – because culture almost has made that a messianic type mm -hmm. role, uh, type figure. Um, so I guess all that to say, if I if I had a question for both of you to comment on through that, do you both feel like a good remedy for that? Um, you know, on top of us getting back to what our faith is really about, that that another good remedy of that is really getting back to the local level of politics that we don't often focus on. You know, where we really are talking about loving the people in our city and across our street and across our town and um, doing what we can in in doing what we can where we can, <laughs> I would say. Do you feel like that's maybe a good uh, antidote to some of this vitriol that happens when we're trying to place all our faith in this one person or whatever? I, I just love to maybe get your thoughts on that. Yeah, well, I think that it's I think that it's a uh, it's local politics. Um, it, once we see better what how politics work on the local level and how we can be involved and um, there the possibilities, but also the limitations, um, it will give us a better posture for engaging on mm -hmm. a national level because you will you will see and, and Sarah will will you know Sarah Imboden from the film who. Uh, you know, we focused on. We'll, we'll be very honest. Like, uh, you know, there's some, some things, some things that local politics are great for, and there's some things that just that that you know, it's going to get caught up in, in parochial fights, and um, you know, or just like we don't have the power to do that, or you know, something like that. And so, if we if we can kind of, um, I don't want to say training wheels because that implies that there's a there's a better version that national politics is like riding a bike and local mm -hmm. politics is training wheels, but it it shows you that politics are a great way to elect someone to have authority to make make the decisions that need to be made mm -hmm. in a community. You know, democracy is a great way for doing that. It is a really bad way for picking mm -hmm. saviors. And so if we if we uh, can think about you know and so if we take the same 
you know, you're never going to elect a, a mayor thinking that that mayor is going to, um, you know, fulfill your greatest hopes and dreams. And so if you can understand that about the mayor's race, then, then you may be more likely to understand it about mm. the president's race. Um, you know, and I, I uh, was very fortunate to have lived in D.C. for a little over six years, and that just completely transformed my understanding of, of government. And, um, you know, you, you, you think of the federal government as this big kind of immovable object with, like, all these powers and, like, and you start to understand, like, oh, each of these – each of these people are real people and they have real people working for them. And each of these agencies, you know, is, um, you know, full of people who just want to know, like, who are just looking for a boss who like leads them well and, 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 you know, casts a vision for them and tells kind of gives, you know, tells them where we're going to go. And, um, and, and so when you start to, to, I think humanize government a little more, it helps you be a little more maybe, um, effective in, in choosing the leader for that government. And yes, I think so very long way of, of saying that local, your involvement in local politics can help you mm, understand that. Sure. It, and I, I would just add that something that uh, Ryan has said several times in talking about this film and that I think we've, we've both agreed on is that so many of these issues that we see in our society, they always boil down to heart issues and this this is a particular one in which it's faith is hard you know having faith in a transcendent truth that is something that we cannot tangibly really hold on to um is tough um we we i think naturally as humans want to grab on to the tangible the 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 person who does promise that you know they're gonna make uh, make society more just um, on day one, on day on one, day when one, I'm in office, you know, I'm going to snap exactly. my fingers and we, it's going to happen. Tra- thinking transcendently, thinking in a way that's oriented toward heaven and not necessarily fully focused on, on this reality um, is, is hard. Not that we shouldn't be focused on this reality, but our ultimate focus and hope um, must must be you know higher than that. Otherwise, we're, we're constantly going to um, fall, fall into this trap. And so because it's a hard issue... I think it's it's so important that uh, we think about the ways that our heart is being formed, that our affections uh, are being formed, and so that's why the the conclusion of the film is called "Staying Grounded," and it's about it's about these these people who are in the thick of it. You know, a U.S. senator, how is he going to be able to do his work, do what he can, but then you know let go of the rest of it and say, I'm not ultimately in control. I'm not going to be able to respond perfectly to a worldwide pandemic. I'm not going to be able to respond perfectly to racial injustice that that, that I see, but I can do something and I have the ultimate hope of uh, what, what Christ has already done for me and the new world that is coming. And that kind of gives me the freedom to do what I can and do it well, but not, Put the weight of the world on my shoulders or on somebody else's shoulders, and so um, forming forming our hearts in that way, and you know having the habits and liturgies of, of being in prayer, of reading scripture, of um, going to church, uh, all those things I think help form us in a way that that focuses on those deeper truths 
rather than you know spending an equal or, or greater amount of time watching the news, reading the newspaper, on social media. Um, those t- types of habits, I think, have a real impact on how we think and how we end yeah. up engaging. Well, Tyler and Ryan, I, I just want to thank you again so much for this film and, and for taking some time to discuss it tonight. And I, I wanted to close our time with a, a quote about the film that I, I got from one of the websites that's been promoting it. And it says uh, about the movie, For love of neighbor, politics for the common good aims to offer a hopeful vision for how Christians can be productively engaged in contemporary politics. At the very least, I can guarantee that watching this film will produce less anxiety than watching the news or the final presidential debates, but I also hope it helps you think seriously about how you can make a meaningful contribution to our public life in your own context. And I really think that you have accomplished that in this film. I I think you've given us such good ways to talk uh, together. Um, I found it to be just a, a real breath of fresh air in, in a time where I felt like I desperately needed it with um, so much. We, we just don't have to look far at all to know how messed up the world is right now as we look at our neighbor and ourselves through masks on our face, you know, and um, thinking literally I needed that breath of fresh air. And uh, and I feel like this film is, is mm-hmm. helping us have uh, some of that. So I, I want to let all of our listeners at Voices in My Head know that uh, in, on the website at VoicesInMyHeadPodcast.com, uh, we will have links to um, where you can find out more about the film and where you can find out more about Tyler and Ryan. Uh, but again, I just want to thank you both again. Uh, I'm proud of, of both of you for the hard work that you've put into this, and, and I look forward to uh, seeing more and more of these good conversations happening as a result of your hard work. So thank you both for being some of the voices in my head this week. Thanks, Rick. Yeah, and I think it's uh, um, uh, uh, you're, everyone probably going to want to know where to where to see the film. And by the time this is out, I just want to note that it will be available um, uh, for anyone to watch uh, in their home. So um, we'll give you we'll give you that link. Um, we're not going to cannibalize your your traffic, your web traffic, <laughs> but you can link to it um, on your on your website. All right. Well, we will make sure and post it for sure. Well, God bless you guys, and thank you so much. Thank you for joining me here this week on Voices in My Head. I hope you'll visit me on my website at rickleejames.com, where you can find out more about me, get my music on vinyl and CD, follow my blog, and even schedule me for a concert or a speaking engagement. Better yet, even a book signing in your neighborhood. You can find all that and more at rickleejames.com. Also, it would mean a great deal to me if you could write a review of this podcast on iTunes. The more positive reviews that we receive, the more visible this podcast will be online. And now, for the benediction. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. God bless you, and thank you for listening to Voices in My Head.